You're listening to the Fervent Church Podcast, a church in the Austin area who exists so that people may know Jesus. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged, challenged, and strengthened in your relationship with Jesus today. For more teachings, information, or to support our ministry, please visit fervent.church. We pray you're blessed by the message. All right. How are we doing? Everybody hanging in there? You guys are alive barely. That was poor, man. Come on. How are we doing? There we go. We got some. Hey, there's people here. Wow. It sounds like 200 people. It sounds like two for a second. But uh, um, sorry for the uh, delay. I mean, none of you guys knew our schedule anyways, but we're a little behind schedule. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just do these raffles real quick. We're going to do both of them at one time. If you got your raffle ticket, check it out right now. We're getting it giving this away and we're getting down to business okay so here we go first one three nine seven one one seven three nine seven one one seven anybody any takers nobody three nine seven one one seven all right well next one we're moving on i'm telling you i'm not messing around tonight's message title is take what's given just so you know for real, that's my message title. Now I'm just tying it in right now. Like, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to take what's given, but it's not going to last long. Jesus is coming back one day. So anyways, 397-105. All right, I'm about to just keep these. We got one? What do we got? Yeah. Come on down. You've won a brand new two tickets to the movie theater. Woo! All right, there you go, awesome, yeah. All right, the next and last one of the night, hopefully. Here we go, 3971104. No, that's not it, no, 3971104. You guys are messing with my mind right now. No, 397109. We got it at the same table. Wow. That's, I'm sorry. I don't got time to mix up the numbers. I'm hoping my team did that. What we got here is a $100 gift card to Sullivan Steakhouse. All right. Who am I giving this to? Again, take what's given. I'm going to hold it out for limited time. Go. There you go. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, I got to check the ticket. I trust. I believe in faith that your ticket is it. All right, guys. Let's see if my notes work. All right, you guys. Ready to do this? All right, so um, we, we like to have some fun here, and we just want to give things away, but um, that's not who we are necessarily, but we do want to represent the Father, God, who loves us, and He gives freely, so we just give away freely as well, just little things like that. It's a $100 gift certificate. That's stuff that we've done in the young adult ministry. Many of you know that, and you've seen that over the summers and stuff, but we want to get into God's Word tonight. If you guys have a Bible, which you probably didn't bring a Bible, did you? Who brought a Bible? Oh! If I had some more things to give out, Mikey. Um, but here, this is what I want you to do. Get your phone, all right, but keep it on non-Wi-Fi. Um, I think we're good by now, actually. But you can download version. It's a Bible app. It's free. It's amazing. You guys can get a verse of the day. Just super simple. You guys can follow along with me tonight. Make sure I'm not making this stuff up. Um, it is the Word of God. It was true yesterday, today, and forever. And so uh, we're going to get into Joshua chapter 6 tonight. Um, so I just want to say thank you to a couple people real fast. First off, Raul Moreno and his family back there. They made food. Thank you. The good guys. Good. All right. I want to say thank you, and he's not here anymore, but Ethan uh, was here with Presta Coffee there, and he was just pouring it up. Hopefully he took advantage of that. And then I want to also say thank you to Robert and Kathy coming out here, opening us up tonight, um, and just the whole Calvary Tucson family here. All right. And then, of course, everybody else. 
this night is just about you guys. We're just excited to have you guys here. So I'm just going to get straight to, to the word. Um, I had a lot of things I wanted to do, but we were just, I want to get you guys out in a decent time. So let's pray. We're going to get into this. All right, so Father, we come here to, uh, to just celebrate what you're doing, God. I love every single person here, Lord, even if I'm not related to them, even if they're not my friend, but they're one of our team members' friends. Maybe there's someone at Calvary, too, so I just, I'm grateful, Lord, and I pray that you would pour out your blessings upon them for just being here tonight, Lord, that they would get excited about what you're doing in the fervent church, but, Lord, that they would get excited and encouraged that you want to do a work in their life, in their church, in their city, God, and I just pray that we would leave here tonight if we know you or not, Lord, I pray we know you more. If we don't are not interested in you tonight, Lord, I pray that we are interested more when we leave here, God, with a more fervent desire to know you. God, we love you, and we look to your word, so teach us, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and we said, amen. All right, so we are the fervent church, and our mission statement is that so that people may know Jesus, and the one place we're going to find that about who Jesus is, guess where that's at? The Bible, yeah. All of you, many of you were wrong, and there's a few of you over there who said it, Bible. But Joshua chapter 6, I'm just going to get to it. So it's take what's given. And this is an interesting text, and many of you guys, maybe you know where I'm going with this. You guys grew up in church. You go there every Sunday, and you know Joshua. You know he's the uh, one who succeeded Moses, right? And um, he's the one who led the Israelites to the promised land. Well, in Joshua chapter 6, a lot has happened, right? So Moses, many of you know Moses, even if you didn't grow up in church, Moses was the one who went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Pharaoh said, no, not today, Moses, right? Then Moses goes back to God and he says, why did you send me? Send somebody else. I'm not the guy for the job here. Get somebody else. And God's like, no, I've called you. No, no, you're the guy. Go back there, Moses. It's going to be with a heavy hand that he's going to let my people go. And man, there's so much stuff. I wish I could dive into that. It's so exciting, right? But I'm not talking about Moses. We're talking about Joshua, who came after Moses. So Moses comes to the end of his age, and then so he's like, man, God, raise somebody up to take my spot because someone needs to lead these people to the promised land. So he prays that to God, and he has this moment, and God says, go commission Joshua in front of the people and let them know he is going to be the one to lead the people to the promised land. He is going to be the one to lead these people to the land that I have given them. So in Joshua chapter 6, they're actually like they've entered into the promised land a little bit, and they're starting to venture into what God might want to do. But here's the thing. If they just stopped at Joshua chapter 6, like if the story didn't go any further, if they didn't go into Jericho, which we're going to see here tonight, they wouldn't have seen anything. That's the thing about God. It's like he wants to do so much for you. He's freely giving you guys a life of purpose, a life of meaning that would be so meaningful and change the world and people's lives around you, bringing hope and joy, salvation. He wants to bring you an abundant life. But again, like if we don't go into what God is holding out for us, if you guys didn't come down here and receive that prize that I was like, hey, we called your number right now, you wouldn't have got that prize. If we don't answer God's calling of what he's trying to give us, you're not going to see what it was. Many of us, we think that we got an idea of life, right? We're, we're, many of us, I'm looking around, we're seasoned people. We've lived a little bit of life, and so we'd like to think we know something. I know what I'm doing. I got a career. I got a family. I got kids. And I got a house, and I'm set up, and it's good. I got a retirement plan going even. But see, God wants to call you guys to something many times. That doesn't make sense. That, that's going to take some faith. What I'm learning about faith with this church plant, if I'm honest, I don't really like faith. <laughs> Let me explain. It's not that I don't like Jesus. It's not that I don't like God. It's not that I don't believe it. But it's like faith is literally like me. I'm jumping off of something. I don't know what's on the other side. I'm hoping and praying that God would meet me and that there's going to be a miracle that happens. But it frightens me. That's what I mean by I don't like it. I told my uh, young adults the other day this story. I used to ride motorcycles, dirt bikes, right? It's like some of my homies are here. We used to ride, so they could tell you this is true. But we'd hit these jumps, and if you rode motorcycles, there's jumps that are bigger than you. You're riding up to this thing at like 50 miles an hour, who knows? And we're just going, and you can't see the other side, right? You're like, this is crazy and ridiculous. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, my goodness. And then you're flying, and then you make it to the other side, and oh, it was exhilarating. 
But those few seconds up to the jump, you're like, I don't know if I like riding dirt bikes right now. That's kind of what life with God is like sometimes. He's like, just trust me. Just go for it. So we're going to see some people here tonight in Joshua chapter 6, and they're going to just go for it. So let's just read here. It says, um, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. So Jericho, it's this fortified city. It's like it's on lockdown. They got walls up. like They've built the wall, if you will. Um, and so they're like, nobody's coming in. Nobody's going out. You guys think stuff's bad here and getting crazy sometimes. Jericho was like, nope, nobody's leaving. We're all here to stay. Right? Some of you guys are like, I don't know how to respond to that. Because that was... Anyways. Moving on. Verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. So God's like, hey, I'm going to give you this promised land, right? And, we, and for us, many times, we're like, God's going to give us this abundant life, right? It's like, but then he calls us to something. He's like, hey, look, I've given you this life. Now what I want you to do, it's not going to make sense. To relate it to myself and our team, it's like, now what we're going to do is God say, hey, I know you're doing some stuff and it's effective ministry in Tucson, your family, your friends, everybody you love's here and you've grown up here your whole life, but I'm calling you to do something new. I'm calling you out, right? I'm calling you to do something that doesn't make sense. Why would I leave a job of, of a place that I love? Why would I leave you guys, right? And, and I got to tell you guys tonight that it's only because God has called me. Why would I go to Texas? Some people are like, oh, it's a cool city, and Nick must have picked it because it's cool. No, I don't want to go to Texas. Like, I didn't want to at first. Anyways, I was like Jonah, like, Nineveh, nope, we're good. We're good, God. Um, I'm going to go over to Hawaii. And, but then I came back, right? But so he's telling them, he's like, see, look, I've given Jericho into your hands. Something interesting there is that word, I have given. Like, it's already there. It's here for the taking. But so then he asks him, says, hey, we'll march around the city, right? Thus you shall do for six days. Not just one day, but six days. You know, and I heard a message on this once, and it was so, I loved it. And I'm not going to, like, steal it. But he said, don't stop on six. And this message, like we see, or in this chapter, we see they march around the city six days. And then he says, but don't stop on six. Because the thing is, the truth is, in life, guys, and I think you can relate, and you can understand, you could agree with me, that we stop on six sometimes. God's like, hey, go around the city seven times. Hey, go to that place that I'm telling you that, and I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. When some of us, we step out on faith a little bit, we're like, okay, well, I'll start praying about it more. I'll, I'll, I'm going to start reading my Bible a little bit more. I'm going to start going to church every once in a while. But then the thing is, is you start going, and then nothing starts to happen, right? Maybe you got some good verses in your head, but you're like, I don't feel changed. I don't feel all amped up like Nick up there talking about the word. I thought that was going to happen to me, Nick. Right? Well, just think about the Israelites as they're going around Jericho. One lap around on one day. Looking at these walls. Probably thought they were a little foolish, right? Joshua, are you sure? This is what we're supposed to do? We, we're walking. Ain't nothing happening. Right? Just imagine how discouraging would that be. Like, Joshua, you're crazy, dude. But then they do that for six days. And again, many of us, will give God a day. Hey, maybe today, Lord, sure, I'll try praying today. But God's like, no, no, I'm not just trying to meet you for a day. Like, I want you to take another lap. I want, I want you to go again. It's like, we're going to press into this thing. We're going to see what's going to happen. Man, when all this stuff was going down back here and our stuff wasn't working, I was like, we're going to praise God with or without the sound system because we're taking another lap. We're not going to stop on six. We're not going to stop right here. Like, we got places to go. So he says this, Thus you shall do for six days. says, verse 4, Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the loud sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So what God's saying is like, just keep marching around the city once every single day. Take everybody, do this, right? Here's the game plan. He's like, and on the seventh day, you're going to blow this horn, this trumpet. Everybody's going to scream and yell and praise God and the walls are going to fall. 
Can you just put yourself in those shoes for a second? If I told you that, hey guys, we're going to take a lap around the Lost Barrio. Six, six days. So I need to come back tomorrow. And, and then the day after. I mean, why would we want the Lost Barrio to fall? Because, I mean, we wouldn't want that, right? I'm realizing that as I'm saying this. But I would sound crazy. So what God wants us to do, you'd be like, all right, Nick, cool. I'll pray for you. Right? But we, but we wouldn't want to do that. And that's what we see here. It's like it's a crazy task. That doesn't make any sense. But that's what God calls us to do, the life of faith. It doesn't make sense most of the time. And it's hard most of the time. But I've got to say it's rewarding every time. There, there's great rewards at the end of this thing. In Matthew chapter 19, there's this guy, the rich young ruler. He's a young man. He's a ruler. And he's rich. You'd be like, dude, the guy's got him made. But then he comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what one thing do I still lack? Or what do I got to, he says, what do I got to do to inherit eternity? Jesus says, well, obey the commandments. The guy says to him, he's like, well, I've kept all the commandments since I was a little kid. And, and just in that statement is a lie. If we wanted to unpack it, it's like, okay, well, you're a liar because you said you've kept the commandments, right? Like I have a three-year-old son who's almost four, and he's lied to me before. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, Lucas. He's back there. <laughs> I got I to gotta learn to, I don't know, I'm going to learn one day to not use him. But, you know, for a while, while he's young, he's not going to remember this. We'll use him as an example. Uh, but the rich young ruler says, well, what do I got to do? I've kept all those. And then so Jesus says, one thing you still lack. And just imagine this. Like if you had everything lined up for you, everything going in life, like, hey, you got this great job opportunity. You got friends who you know it. They got you in. All you got to do is get the interview and you got to pass the drug test. And man, it's yours for the taking. You do all of that. You meet with the CEO. And then they're like, dude, your resume is amazing. I know you know this guy. And they've talked highly about you. Man, you've got all the experience required, and you've even gone to the best colleges out there. It's like, but you lack one thing. How many of you wouldn't be like, well, tell me what it is? I've, gone, I've come this far. Why wouldn't I go the whole distance? Well, Jesus says to this guy, one thing you still lack. And he says, go sell everything that you have. I know you're rich, and I know you're young, and you've got a great career and wealth and all that stuff. But go sell it all, and then come follow me. The guy walks away sad because his possessions were worth a great value. How sad is that sometimes? See, but the thing is, and the point I'm trying to make is God calls us to things that don't make sense. He's like, hey, I know you're comfortable right now and life is good, but I'm trying to do something else. Do you want to come with me or not? And just the guy there, he's like, man, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And he's like, just this one thing. It's almost like one more lap around it and you would have been good. Like who runs a marathon and doesn't just finish the last mile, right? Unless like you get hurt. Like if you're running 20 plus miles, man, that's crazy. And, and if you go that far, if I went that far, I'm not going to give up on the last mile. I've already ran what? How long is it? 26 miles? 26.2. I'm not going to give up on 25.2. I'm going to crawl across the finish line if I have to. I've come this far. But how many of us just come so close to God and what he wants to do and then we just give up because life gets hard or it's uncomfortable or, or we don't like what he's trying to do with us right so here in Joshua again it's just this idea like this is foolish it doesn't make sense but that's what faith is there and so verse 7 it says and he said to the people Joshua to the people he says go forward march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord check out verse 8 and just as Joshua had commanded the people the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. And I just want to note real quick because, and I want to say this like about my team, our team that's with us. Like It's a bunch of God stories where when me and Amber were thinking of this a couple of years ago and just like, hey, is this what God's calling us to do? The fact that anyone's coming alongside of us is just a mind-blowing experience. And I just feel like Joshua has that here. He's like, guys, we're going to go march around the wall and we're going to do this for six days, actually seven days. And the seventh day, the walls are going to fall down. And then it's like, and they went and they did it. If I was Joshua, I'd be like, are you serious right now? For real? And that's what I've experienced, though. It's like me and Amber, like, we're like, we got this call. We got this burden to go plant a church. We don't, we're not sure where it is yet. I remember one of the conversations with Sam and Morgan who opened us up tonight. I was just like, I, we don't know. At that point, it was like maybe Salt Lake City because I was like, it's kind of cool but weird you know what I'm saying and um but like it's like we don't know and then one day they're like hey we're praying about coming alongside of you and I'm just like are you serious 
And, and then just one by one, our team, we have 10 people there. We got 12 people coming on there. They're um, join our team. I got another couple I'm meeting with who's like, hey, I'm thinking and praying through this. And it's just mind blowing. It's like when you're just like, hey, God's calling me to do this thing. Do you want to come and do it? And that's my life. But what's God calling you to do? you got to bring it back to yourself because you are an individual. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. What's he calling you to do? Are you doing it even though it might sound crazy? Or are you scared of it because it might put you in a financially um, unwise position? Don't we serve the God of the universe? who's made everything he's made manna to come down from heaven for the israelites when they had no food like you i when you read the bible you realize it's like you don't really need what you think you need you just need jesus you just need to have that faith in him i want to start to land this plane here i just want to give you guys a little snippet a little snapshot fervent church we're going to preach for two hours no i'm just kidding <laughs> Although sometimes at ignition, I do preach for over an hour because I just get into it. I love it. But verse 16 says, on the seventh day, so this is the final thing. It's like the, the, we're at the finish line, guys. Don't give up now. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab, the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. Verse. Some of you guys are like prostitutes. What, what kind of Bible are you reading? God loves everybody. OK, verse uh, whatever was this 1918. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction lest when you have devoted them you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it and i'm going to come back to this in a second but he says but all the silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the lord they shall go into his treasury of the lord in verse 20 so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city every man straight before him and they captured the city what i want to end on tonight and this is more of a word that i shared with my wife and our team and i think it's for me but hopefully it's also for you and i told you about the message i heard he said don't stop on six and what i want to say to you and i'm saying to myself saying to our team don't stop on seven God doesn't stop after just a victory and say, hey, you've arrived. You see, what happened is the walls fell. And if you picture yourself there, what's going to happen after those walls fall that are keeping all those people inside? All those people are going to either come out or they're there. See, the thing I was telling my, our team is like right now, we're just taking laps around the city. Vision night 1.0, taking a lap. Vision Night 2.0, taking a lap. Fervent farewell party here tonight. Thank you for coming. We're taking a lap, but we're going to Austin. And maybe great things will start to happen and God will show favor and all that stuff. But it's like when the walls fall and when there's a little bit of success, it's not like, hey, chill out. You're doing good and just take a break. It's like, no, now it's time to work. Now it's time to go fight the battle. Like the easy part is just like going. You see that? It's like the easy part was just walking around the wall. Now the walls fell. Now what are we going to do? Well, we got to fight. See, there's a few things it takes when you guys are um, trying to take what's given. God's trying to give you something. And in order to take it, well, one thing, it takes patience. It's kind of like a retirement plan. Some of you guys probably understand that, right? It's like you put some money into it, but you can't take it out next week. It doesn't work like that. You're going to get penalized, right? And I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. It's my money. And it's just a crazy, messed up world. But, <laughs> but you put money in. It's like, don't touch it. It takes patience. It takes a wise, seasoned person to have a retirement plan and not touch it. It takes patience to see what God would have and to take it in, in its fullness. It takes endurance. Because it's not going to just come real easy not going to just be handed to you like this. God's like, hey, I'm up on the mountaintop. Come here. I got something special for you. But the thing is, we got to climb up. 
We got to take a lap. It takes perseverance, pushing in. Uh, it takes a fight to take what's given. God's trying to give you something good. He's trying to give you, and, and some of you are like, well, what is it? I got good things. He's trying to give you eternal life. Right? It's like, and for me, like every time we've done something here with the Fervent Church, like even just visiting Austin to check out a house to buy kind of thing, like some kind of spiritual attack happens. My, my son, again, he'd never thrown up before. He woke up in the middle of the night. It's like we're, we had a bunch of stuff to do, like planned. We we're going to be productive. We we're going to be so fruitful. It's going to be amazing, right? And then my son starts throwing up, freaking out. And me and Amber, we start, we just think immediately, God, like plague us, but not our kids. And some of you might, like, my kids get sick, but it's just like, no, this is obviously of the uh, spiritual warfare, really. See, God's trying to give you something that's really good, and Satan knows how good it is. And he's going to do everything he can to keep you from experiencing it. He's going to try to discourage you. Dude, you've taken five laps. Just give up already. Let's keep going. It's going to take perseverance. Dude, you've taken six laps already, man. You guys serious, man? Just, why don't you just go home? You know, go home, watch TV, sit on the couch, right? But the problem with that, even though that might be comfortable, you're not going to see what God wants to do. And it takes that fight where even though I go around it seven times and the walls come falling down on that seventh day, it's not, hey, good, let's just kick back and relax. We've made it. No, now it's time to press in. For me and our team, as we go out to Austin, Texas, it's like, hey, once we get there, it's going to be exciting. It's like, sweet, like the walls have fallen, you know, metaphorically speaking. It, they've fallen. It's all great. But it's like, no, now's not a time to rest and kick our feet up and just say, oh, awesome, Lord, you're so good. And that, I mean, we should, right? But it's like, God, you're so good. What's next? Because he's never done. He's never done until he's done. And we're going to know when he's done, all right? If you're like, hey, is he done yet? No, he ain't done. You're still here. I'm still here. But he's not done. He still wants to save people. He still wants people to know him. And so my, in, in summary, to wrap this thing up, take what's given. God has something for each and every one of you. And I just hope that you would know that tonight. As friends and family members who I care about deeply, I want you to know that Jesus cares more about you. He has a plan that far surpasses anything that you could imagine for yourself. And it's going to take work. It's going to take some time and patience. Like salvation, you have to understand me, will happen like immediately. Jesus is like, hey, you're in. It's good. But to see what he wants to do through you here on the rest of life, in your, on earth, in the rest of your life, well, that's going to take some patience. It takes some perseverance, some endurance, a team that's going to come with you. Surround yourself with people who are like-minded. Like, let's press in. Let's see the walls fall. And let's go to war. Take what's given. Because it, cause it's freely given. Only a foolish person would turn down life, right? So let's pray and we'll, we'll close this night out. So Father, we just, we thank you for this time to get in your word. God, I pray that you have spoken something to each and every individual here tonight, God, whether it's an encouragement to just keep going and that they're doing good, or maybe it's a rebuke that, man, they've given up, Lord, but we pray, God, that you would just revive us that you would ignite us, that you would give us a fervent passion to know you, to know your people, to see people come to know you. God, we want to see the walls fall. But not just that, God, we want to see what's next. We want to go further. And God, honestly, if some of us don't, I pray that you would rebuke us. God, I pray that you would use us and that tonight would be a night to remember not just the, the fervent church and this exciting dinner party, Lord, but to remember you and what you've done and what you have given to us and what you want to do. So, Lord, as we close tonight, I pray that you would just pour that, that word, put that word on their hearts and minds. God, that you would seal it with the Holy Spirit, Lord, that Satan wouldn't pluck up the good seed that's planted, but that it would fall on good soil, and Lord, Lord that it would bring fruit in time. God, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, what we want to do now, that was like a hard thing, right? How do we transfer into something or transition? But I do want to close with a couple things. And the first thing is I want to invite the whole team up, and, or at least as many of us that are here. Some of them are watching your crazy kids, right? <laughs> They're watching my crazy kids, too, so don't get offended, okay? 
All kids are crazy. I don't care what you say. Crazy is not always bad. Anyways, um, so and this is one thing I want to ask, too. When you go back there to get your kids, make sure you tell them thank you. Give them a hug or something. Because, Anyways, let's actually here, let's scoot this way out of the uh, projector and go right here. All right. Sorry. We didn't practice this part. Uh, all right. Now I'm going to go back this way. Oh, the projector is messed up anyways. Who cares? There we go. See? Anyways, don't stop on six, right? You gotta, you're always working. Always something to do. Anyways, I want to introduce our team, at least most of them that are here. I just want to give a little spiel about them. And uh, so first off, we have Caleb here. He was a, was a faithful servant in the young adult ministry that I led for many years there. And he is now going and he's living in Austin, Texas. And he's going to be a faithful servant, I believe, out there in Austin, Texas. He's a dude that will, he's, you tell him, hey, can you do this? He's going to figure out how to do it. You know, you got people like that in your life, like keep them close. Because it's like, there's not very many of them. We're like, hey, can you do this? And you're like, I don't know how to do that. Can you find someone else? Caleb's like, I don't know how to do that. But let's sit down and figure it out together. We're in this to fight it, to win it, to see what God's going to do. So thank you, Caleb. Give him a round. And to, uh, yeah, there we go. Next up, my beautiful wife, Amber. She's, yes. Woo. All right, that's enough, okay? Uh, no. But no, obviously my wife, a cool story is our story started here. We got married here um, almost, I don't know, four and a half years ago. And so our story started here and it's just cool to kind of come full circle. And this is the last thing that we're going to do here in Tucson as far as a fervent church event before we go. And so it's just really cool coming back. It's almost like this, like this is where it started. And that was the first lap almost. And God's like, all right, now we're going to lap five, Nick. Now we're going to lap six. And then just to have her is amazing. She obviously leads worship. Her heart is just pure gold, like not in the hardened sense, but, you know, the treasure, <laughs> wealthy sense. Um, so I love you, babe. Give her a hand. Right. Next stop is her sister, my sister-in-law, Ashley. She is currently living in Florida. God has done a lot in her life over the last, uh, what, year or two. And um, so just really uh, brought her back. And so anyways, one day we're talking and she's talking with Amber just about church planning. She's like, I think I want to go with you guys. And so she's serving out at a church in Florida um, on the prayer team and she's just getting super involved. And she's She's um, one of those people, like, she's a likable person. Anybody have friends like that? I was not the, always the likable one. Like, I walked in, people were like, who's that dude? My best friend walked in, and people were like, oh, what's up, homie? Like, <laughs> like what? I, anyways, so she's like one of those likable personalities where it's just like, I'm just so excited to have you on the team, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do. So give her a hand. All right. Next off, I'm excited to introduce this dude right here, Daryl. All right, Daryl, man, he, um, I don't know, Vision Night 2.0, when was that? That was January or was it December? December. December. All right, December 8th, I think it was. All right, it was on the 8th of some type of month. Anyways, it was after Vision Night 2.0, and I believe he just came out to see what was going on. He's just a friend. We have a connection at church. He came in one day, so I was a janitor at the church for a long time. And so I'm just cleaning, you know, I'm in my basketball shorts and just like, I don't look like a pastor or anybody that you should probably be praying with. <laughs> and... and um, if you know me, you probably understand that, right? That's why most of you laugh, uh, which is rude. <laughs> but uh, he comes in, and he's like, hey, I'm looking for a pastor, and I'd love to pray with somebody. And I'm like, well, I'm the only person here. And I basically was like, I'd love to pray with you. You know, I put the vacuum down. Hold on a second. Doo -doo. All right. You know, and I pray with him, and he wanted this job. And I'm just like, God, just give this dude this job. He seems super excited about it. Man, I hope he blesses you. And we just pray, had that little connection. And then, I, I don't know, a week or two later, he comes back, Pastor, or maybe he wasn't Pastor at that time, Nick, you'll never guess, um, I got the job. And that's just where, like, our friendship started and connected. And so I think as a friend, you came out, right? And you're just seeing what God was doing with the fervent church. He came out, and he's like, afterwards, we went and got lunch one Sunday. And he's just telling me, he's like, man, God is just totally moving. And I feel like he was telling me that we're supposed to go with you. And he's like, man, you've been fighting a long time. This is what he said. He's like, and it's time for you. God was saying this. It's time to you start fighting with me. And then he just told me, he's like, Pastor, I will just love to be someone that you could just just send to the front line. And you look at this dude and feel his biceps. He's like, you're going to the front line, brother. <laughs> but he's a, a give Daryl a hand, man. I'm just so blessed to have him. Excited to see what God's going to do. 
Next off, we got Morgan. I'm going to do, we're, we're one flesh, because so, there's one story. Sam and Morgan here, you guys saw them. They introduced the night, opened it up, and man, it's been a God story with this as well. If we fa- or fast forward, no, rewind, three years maybe. Um, they needed a babysitter, my wife, stay-at-home mom, and um, anyways, I never, I've met Morgan maybe once, like, like, in you guys, if you've been to Calvary Tucson, the East Campus, you know what I mean? And like, someone's passing from a distance, you're just like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, that, you're like, I met someone today. <laughs> um, anyways, like, I, I knew who she was, but I never met her, and Sam, I only seen, like, we never said hi, because we weren't, like, homies, you know, and we didn't really know each other. Like, maybe we're like, hey, what's up, I, who's that guy, I don't know. But, so they start... They knew Amber because they all went to um, youth group together. And so they say, hey, can you um, watch our kids? And then so me and Amber, we talk about it. We pray about it. We decide, yeah, sure, why not? This is a good thing. Um, and so that's where, like, the friendship started. But mind you, I still hadn't met Sam yet. And his kids are coming over to us. This dude know who I am. Does he know what's going on? And so it was a couple weeks into um, Amber watching their kids. They're like, hey, why don't we invite them over to just have dinner? And so, and we're like, yeah, sure, let's go over there, we have dinner, our kids play, it's a great time and stuff, and so we're just talking life, it's like, hey, what do you do? What do you think God's calling you to do, like, in the future and all that stuff? And they told us some of their plans and their dreams at, the point, at that point in time, and then they kind of asked, you know, because it's just how dinner conversations work, well, what about you? What do you guys want to do? It's like, well, interesting you ask, and I remember telling my wife on the way over, I'm just like, what if I tell them that I, I think we're supposed to go plant a church? You know, and at that time, it was like not very many people, except for maybe my best friends, knew that was even a thought on my mind or, or something I was considering. So she's like, well, whatever you feel like you're supposed to do, babe, I trust you. And so anyway, they're like, what do you think God's doing? And so it's like, it like they, they asked, I'm going to tell. And so I just tell them, I said, I think God's calling us to plant a church. And I said earlier, I thought it was more Salt Lake City at that time. Um, Truth be told, like, there had been conversations about another campus in Tucson where we were trying to do a downtown campus, and I, and I looked into the buildings, and they'd be like, uh, well, what are you going to use it for? And I'm just like, well, a church, you know? And they're like, oh, you, you'll never, this is, I quote, they're, one of the quotes I got from a phone call, you'll never be able to afford it. Boop, and they hang up. You know, and so anyways, doors were closing, but I'm like, but God is calling, like, for us to go. So where are we supposed to go? And um, so we just share that story with them, and I mean, honestly, not like from my perspective, it was just like, cool, we shared a story and they're just like, oh, cool, good for you. You guys are going to plant a church. That's nice. That's how I felt. Not like in a bad way. It was just like it, that's, that was the end of that conversation. Well, fast forward a few months there. Um, we're still watching or she's still watching their kids. Maybe it was even a little after that. Um, Morgan shares with my wife and says, there's something about that night when you guys just said that you're going to go plant a church that I feel like God was saying we're supposed to go with you. And so, and they were like the first ones. And so I'm just like, are you for real? <laughs> like, I barely even know you. And you're going to like, just like, they got three kids, one on the way. If you haven't noticed, right? It's, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, but it's, it's four kids. You know what I'm saying? Like to uproot your family and go is a serious thing. And for me and Amber, it's just like to see that type of commitment is just like, it almost like brings me to tears because it's just so meaningful. It's like Joshua and they start marching around the walls. Like, are you serious? Like they're marching around the walls and we're doing this thing. And it just confirms everything about what God's doing, where it's like, this isn't about me. It's not about Amber. It's not about any one person, but it's about what God is doing collectively. And I just hope that you guys tonight, as you see this as friends and family, like God is doing something in the fervent church and it, and we're barely just getting started. And I'm not trying to say things are going to be easy and it's going to be smooth, smooth sailing. But what I can say, it's going to be fruitful. Eventually. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says like, don't give up doing good for in due season you will reap a harvest. And it's like we might not see what it's going to be on earth. It might just be a bunch of planting seeds. You know what I'm saying? Like Moses, in a sense, was just planting seeds his whole life and he never even got to go to the promised land. And I'm okay with that. If that's what God wants me to do, I'm going to be a seed planter. Maybe I won't see the fruit that comes, but I'm believing in faith that something's happening under that soil. So this is part of our team. And then when you go to pick up your kids, there's my sister, Caitlin. She's over there. She's coming alongside. She's always like had this heart of just kind of like, 
like she just wants to see what's out there, you know, like not in a spiritual sense as far as like try different religions, but just to see what's going on. Like she went and did an internship in Montana for a summer um, and it was just the craziest thing because knowing my sister, it was just like it didn't fit her from what I saw of her. But she went out in faith and God met her. She did her internship at Fresh Life with uh, Levi Lusco and all them. And then she comes back. She's home for a while. And then she goes out on a missions trip to Guatemala. Right. And I'm just like, Guatemala. Wow, that's crazy. And it wasn't just like a month or whatever. It was like a six month ordeal when she was out there. Or maybe it was three months. But but nonetheless, it was just one of those things where it's like, man, like she has that faith where she just wants to see what what does God want to give to me? And so anyway, we had lunch one time. I was very careful not to ask her if she wanted to come on the team because I didn't want her just to be like, oh, well, I'm your sister. And I guess I have to say yes, you know. And so I'm just kind of careful, and me and Amber just come in, and we had lunch one day, and it was just a very good conversation, and she's like, yeah, I think I, I'm supposed to go with you. I really want to be a part of a church plant. I've always wanted a church family, and then she starts to see some of these men and women, and then she's like, I've been looking for this church family my whole life, and this whole time it's been right here. And so she just wants to be a part of it. So if you go back there, um, tell her hi and all that stuff. Um, Leslie is also back there. She was another one of the young adult leaders, um, came up through the ministry. That's where I met her. I saw her give her, li- give her life to the Lord. Um, and it's just been one of those things where I've also just seen God do tremendously more than she probably ever thought, more than I thought sometimes. You know, it's like you see someone um, just come in so broken sometimes, and it's like you don't know what God's going to do, but God has totally just revived her, given her purpose. And then she's, one of those, she's also one of those people kind of like Caleb where it's like you just ask her to do something, and you know it's going to be taken care of, where it's like, hey, uh, can you? Can you make this flyer for me? You know what I mean? It's like most people, like if you've never used that kind of stuff, you're going to be like, no, I can't. She, knowing she doesn't even know how to do it, will say, yeah, sure. Like just to take that off my plate kind of thing. And so she's one of those people. I'm excited to have her. Um, Who else do we have here? Um, That's it. That's here. We have Melissa and Louie who couldn't make it. Louie is in Austin, Texas. He's working there. He got a job opportunity. It was a God thing. It was almost this thing where it was like, hey, here's an opportunity, but like the door is closing in two weeks, so what are you going to do? And so he went out there. He's got a job. It's great. He loves it. Um, And so his wife is still living here. She's going to go out there. They're figuring all that stuff out, but they have a house they got to sell. Her wife, his wife, couldn't make it tonight she's sick and um, their baby girl's sick so just pray for them but they're also one of those people melissa made the video that you saw in the intro with all the words moving and all that stuff just a very gifted individual one of those behind the scenes people who's not necessarily like let me get out on the stage and talk and teach but she's like i want to just do whatever i can to just help the church and help push this gospel message so that people may know jesus um, i think that's everybody um what's next on the agenda Caleb, come on, bro. <laughs> Watch. Come on. I, I know. I asked him because I knew he knows. The brochure. The brochure. Yes. See, there we go. Um, the brochure, all of you guys probably looked at it 500 times because it's, yes. Hey, thank the team. I love you guys. But yeah, the last thing that I want to just say tonight is um, you got brochures on the table. There's a few things there. First off, the brochure, it's basically vision night in a pamphlet, if you will. It talks about my and Amber's story, talks about our team a little bit, our vision. Um, I'm not going to get into it like super deep, but really our vision is to plant a church, to go out to Austin so that people may know Jesus, because that's just what we believe life is all about. He's called us so that we would tell people about him. And so that's our vision. There's all kinds of like dreams that we have underneath that vision um but so then there's our vision there's our team there it's a diverse team as you've seen coming from all different angles of life and backgrounds and stuff but god is just doing something weaving something together and then there's also support on the back side of that thing it's like if you guys want to help and support this thing because ministry does take money at times and so you guys could fill out that card drop it into this black little agape box that we have on your way out and you guys could choose like hey we'd like to give once Um, You could give monthly, and you don't necessarily have to turn this in. You could go to fervent.church if you want to. That's our website. Um, You guys could support us, and we would love that. Um, But also, we'd love your prayer. Um, Prayer works, because 
Prayer is powerful and prayer works. And so if you want to just pray for us, you can sign up for our newsletter. You can also sign up by just putting your email on that brochure thing. Turn it into the box. We'll add you to our list. Just keep you updated. Say, hey, we're moving out this week. Could you pray for us? Hey, we're going to launch this next Sunday. Would you pray for us? Those types of things. So you can sign up for that either through that or through fervent.church. Another thing that you got, and I'm just going to take one of these. All right is this thank you card because first off i just want to say and i've already said it we've said it thank you guys for coming this thing would have been a big uh failure if none of you showed up so just thank you for coming thank you for just i don't know just it's a warm it is a little warm i mean like quite literally for me um but it's just a warm inviting atmosphere like i just wish like we could just do this every single week you know what i mean it's just fun like it's exhausting but it's so rewarding to see you guys just have a good time and sitting there and all that. But So thank you. But on the back side of this, something for you to keep or at least note, save the date. 9-20-2020. So that is September 20th this year. All right. So what we're, gonna, what we're saying here is this is the date that we want to try to launch Sunday morning services. When we get out there, me and Amber, which is going to actually be March 11th, we want to start some small group Bible studies right off the bat, right away, because we're like, hey, let's just get this thing going in our house or Sam and Morgan's house, whatever it looks like, however it goes. But we want to launch September 20th, 2020, like have a rented space like this and turn it into a sanctuary and see what God would do there. So that's the date there. It says all things have a beginning. Come be a part of ours. Um, And then what it says right after that, come visit us as we dive into our first series in the beginning. And so I'm already preparing some of these messages and series, and I just believe it's going to be powerful. I'm going to talk about in the beginning, God, because like, I mean, that's the biggest statement right there, right? It's like, you, you can't go any further until we understand that there is a God who has created us and who loves you. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how in the beginning, God created them, man and woman. So he created us. We're going to talk about how in the beginning there was temptation, And there's sin, and there was the fall. And then we're going to talk about what do we do about that in the beginning. And so those beginning stages of life, those beginning stages of ministry, um, and beginning stages for us of church planting. So if you guys want to come out and do that, that's going to be probably a four- or five-week series. So maybe you're like, hey, I can't come on September 20th. And quite honestly, I would say good, because, let me explain. I know I said save the date, but... There's a four-week series. I would say try to pick one of those weeks, if you're going to come out, that is, um, to Austin, Texas. And so the reason being is we don't want to have 200 people show up, and we had like two visitors from actually Austin, Texas come today, and like, man, dude, that was amazing. That was so good. I love this church. Man, I'm going to come back next week for sure. He brings his buddy, so it's three people, but then there's nobody else. I mean, we just we want to avoid that, and so like, kind of come in waves. If you guys want to come, let's try to be strategic about it. I would say even this, email me at nick at fervent.church. Email me and say, hey, Nick, I'd love to come out and visit you guys. When is a good day? And let's just start to schedule that, and let's be strategic about what God has given us and what he's allowing us to do, and let's just see what God would do. Amen? Um, also, if you have Instagram or Facebook, you can follow us there, of course. And then there's some stickers, a magnet. Um, what else can I say? Anything? Did I miss anything? All right. Well, this time, what I want to do is I'm going to ask um, a good friend of mine, Sean Stone. He's going to come up here. Many of you know him. You love him. Come on. Give, a hand, give him a hand. But what I want to do, and I asked Sean, I mean, and I told the team this earlier, is just like Sean has been a guy who's just been in it with us, in it with me, even though he's not going with me. Although if you want to, uh, we'd love to, um, Angela, you guys. Um, I mean, Robert's like, no, dude, no, not today. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I should have said that off the mic. (laughs) Um, But no, you've been in this with us. You've been in encouragement, checking in on me. Hey, how's things going? What can I do? He's like, I don't know. He's he's just the guy who keeps the fire going. He's fanning the flame. And so I just asked him tonight, or asked him last night, to uh, just close us in prayer. Um, And so, anyways, Sean Stone, here we go. And just close us out, brother. All right. I do. I'm not going to do that easy. I'm a pastor too, so we talk a lot. Sorry, guys. But uh, have you guys been blessed by Fervent Church? You guys have a taste of Fervent Church tonight. But I'm, I feel extra blessed. Uh, if you don't know, I'm taking over for Nick in Ignition. And I've been able to co-labor with Nick for the last two or three months. And so I've had the biggest, the best sample of what Fervent Church is going to be like. As I've seen the, the ministry that Nick and Amber have been pouring into for six years. 
So I've, I've seen from the church the Tucson version. And guys, what I see is a group of people who, who are loved by Nick and Amber. Come on, Ignition Peaks, you guys out there? <laughs> but honestly, what I've seen in Ignition is, is a group of people who, who've been well taken care of spiritually, who've been loved by Nick and Amber, and who love Nick and Amber themselves. And these, these people, they love God, they've, they've grown in the word, and it's, it's an amazing uh, little church in Ignition. And this is what Fervent Church is, uh, as, as, a, as a testimony of, of, of your guys' care, your love. So I'm, I'm encouraged, I'm blessed just to see the fruit of your labor. And uh, Nick and I, I say it all the time, but uh, it, it just still amazes me that two punks from Palo Verde High School are like pastors now, co-laboring. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm a few years older than Nick, and I've always kind of viewed myself as like a bigger brother. But what's really been a blessing for me is all the lessons I've been able to learn from you and your example of faith to me uh, and just the inspiration that you are to me. So I'm, I'm incredibly blessed just to have you in my life. And we're super sad to have you guys leave. Um, but we know God's going to do big things because faith isn't always convenient, guys. Faith isn't always popular. Uh, oftentimes it calls you out of your comfort zone. And so I'm just inspired by you guys. So thank you. So uh, let's. You guys I want you guys to bow your hearts, bow your heads, and I really want you guys to to, to pray for these guys uh, with the coming months, especially the coming years as they launch. That these guys will be on your hearts. But let's lift them up together uh, in their team. So Father, I thank you for my brother Nick. Lord, his giftings are evident. His his the gifting of faith is great and strong in him, Lord God, and Amber as well, uh, and the rest of the team. Lord, we lift them up to you. We pray that uh, as they step out in faith, you would go before them, that the equipping would meet them there, a special anointing, that you would prepare hearts uh, to receive from these guys, that Fervent Church would be uh, a church that impacts the city of Austin in amazing ways, Father, that great numbers would come and be inspired and, and come to know you, Jesus, as their personal Savior. Encourage these guys. May they see the fruit of their labor. And you always honor those who step out in faith. You always honor those who sacrifice. And it's always worth it, Lord God, when we, when we give uh, and step out of our comfort zone for you, Jesus. And so I pray that you would bless them, uh, provide for them, meet their needs, uh, every specific need that you have for them. And, Father, give them what's best, we ask. Uh, we don't know what's best for them, but you do. So we, we leave them uh, in your hands and pray that you would give them what is best. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. So, again, I just want to say on behalf of myself and our fervent team, thank you guys for coming, giving a Friday night to come be a part of this. I hope and pray that you were just tremendously blessed, um, at least enjoyed a good meal, right? And if you want to hang out and ask questions, our team's available. We would love to talk with you, um, pray with you, or if you want to pray for us, whatever. Um, we have shirts available, it says, so that people may know Jesus. That's what it's all about. Mikey, you want to show them what's up? Come on. You can get some of this sweet swag over there at the table. All right. They are $30, and I know some of you are like, that's a little pricey, and why is it so expensive? It's like, well, we're just we're trying to do ministry, and ministry takes money, and so it's so that Jesus, people may know Jesus, and I can tell you that every penny that's going towards these shirts is going back into ministry so that people may know Jesus. Okay, so if you want to do that, you can do that. If you fill out a card you want to help support, drop that in the agape box or give that to someone at our table on the way out. But uh, feel free to hang out. We'll put on some music, some tunes. And then um, what time is it? 9.05. Man, with all that happened, we're like five minutes over. That's pretty good. Uh, so thank you guys for coming and uh, have a blessed one. All right. Come visit us in Austin.